0: Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod, brought to you as usual by our good friends at Guinness. A big thanks to Guinness for all their support throughout the whole season. And we're back again coming to you from our respective houses. Jim, which room are you in this time? You uh, any, any more surprises for us from the drawers?
1: I'm in the bedroom, mate. I am in the bedroom again, and I've had to close the window. Matt, i don't even know what day it is genuinely every day's falling into one and uh, the birds are out uh, i'm all about the birds that fly around um they're out and they're squeaking and talking or whatever they're doing i've closed the window just in case and um
2: i don't want to moan but yeah it's um every day is rolling into one goody hey mate um i'm feeling very old at the minute uh obviously turned 40 last week uh mental 40th birthday uh did some laps of the garden with the girls got my steps up though ten thousand steps on my birthday basically trekking from the garden to the fridge back to the garden then to the freezer to get an ice cream then back to the garden and then back to the pantry to get a load of chocolate so well my steps are up there but uh, my food intake is getting bigger and bigger by the day uh, and that's the thing you're at home how hard is it just to just say no to the cupboard as you walk past it you've got to open it have a look inside don't you so uh 40 years old 40 stone touching on now um and uh, all i can do really is chase the twins around the garden and um you know they're faster than me already so it's pretty difficult
1: mate who would have known at 40 years old that you couldn't even see your own kneecaps eh who would have known <laughs> that you couldn't see them but i should say happy birthday happy birthday my goodness thank you James. Um, and what did we have planned was i involved in the birthday celebration because 40 is a big one right that's like you the likelihood is well yeah you're definitely halfway through life definitely
2: halfway so what did we have planned for you for was there anything we'd have gone away i think jim you and i a few others maybe uh we'll have to delay it now for another year we'll, we'll celebrate hard for andy rose stag in ibiza if we get there in the summer but yeah it, it was it was subdued really me and the missus at night time you know I obviously got my birthday treat um
1: you know the the difficult thing around this whole lockdown right we can have a little bit of a jest about it, a little joke. It is serious business. We are adhering to whatever the government's saying and like we should do. You know, right, if you're in prison, you know you're in prison for a year, two years, 10 years, 20 years, but at least you know this whole thing that I'm struggling with is I just like, you just don't know. Is it another two weeks? Is it another three weeks? Is it six weeks? And it's the unknown. That's kind of making me scared, not scared. um, Frustrated. I'd say I'd rather them just say, this is happening for six weeks. Now you locked in. If we get to this point in six weeks, this is what's going to happen. It's just the absolute unknown. That's uh, that I'm struggling with at the
0: minute. I'll be honest with you lads. And then it's all the clowns that are going down to the parks and sunbathing. just making it worse and drag out for even longer, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, Goody put a a tweet out there with some of the pictures because he's an influencer and he can do that. And I know that a lot of people are annoyed and I keep harping on about it I am lucky because I live where no one else lives effectively so we don't see anyone so it's great for our kids we can go outside but I think you're right Andy Rowe that's what where the, the longevity is going to be and that's where it's going to become more difficult because at the minute we still can get out um I don't know whether Andy Goo goes out the front door he goes out the back door he goes in the garden which is a revelation for exercise it's a big it's a big garden mate it's a very big garden absolutely no doubt but I think the, the you know the the thing is is that them. Them joys, them things that we have come to love, they'll be the next thing that disappears. Unfortunately, a bit. You know, you mentioned it there. Like people are taking the piss a little bit. Like we're being told one thing, and the thing that infuriates me is you think of the generation that we live in, and you think of years gone by, and. People going to war and queuing up to go to war and queuing up to help the country. And there's some amazing people out there, but you've just got some dicks who just think they can do what they want. Do you know what I mean, mate? You're asked to be, you're being told to stay in your house. Okay, the shops are still open. The money side of the situation has been sorted. Maybe not up to the degree that you want it to be sorted, but at least there's something happening with that. There's going to be an end in sight. Just listen to what you're told. What is wrong with people? I just, it's bizarre. But that literally it shows you the world that we live in. For me, it just absolutely shows you the day and age that we live in right now.
2: And it is, and that's the sad part of being alive now. <laughs> I know what you mean, Jim. Because in reality, that one word that a lot of people are missing is respect. The longer, this is what I can't understand, the longer people go out and defy what the government are saying, the longer this is going to be the case for us all being in lockdown. So all the helmets out there, get out of the parks, have a word with yourselves. Because as Jim said, our forefathers are grandparents, our parents to some degree have fought in the war and have got us to uh, have the freedom that we have now, yet people are taking the piss, so fucking pack it in. They should, and we should also really give a
1: big shout out to the NHS, and not just the NHS, people are working on the front line, people are still working in the supermarkets and doing these jobs, which let's be honest, are grossly underpaid. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to get all political here. I've spoken about the NHS before when the twins were born over in Oxford and the job that they did, uh, you know, when they were born, especially at the beginning uh, when they were in intensive care. But I just think it's an ama- amazing what they're doing, and I think the good things that can hopefully come out of this, when we do come out of it, and I'm sure we will. We don't know when, and that's what I said my point was at the beginning. But let's hope that then people who are working in them jobs in what is the front line uh, that are well rewarded. And this doesn't happen again in terms of them being grossly underfunded, understaffed. So who would want to do that? That's the thing. You know, you think to yourself, who would want to work in that environment with no protective gear? You've got dicks out in the parks who don't give a shit still. Who would want to do it? But loads of people still want to do it. People are still going to work. The NHS are still doing that. And I think, you know tip of the slipper to them because they. you talk about heroes in sport and that and I don't want to be jumping on the bandwagon these guys are heroes hashtag heroes I don't do all of that stuff my thing is just a realisation and understanding to the millions of people listening to this podcast what a wonderful job and an acknowledgement of what these men and women do for very very little financial reward here Jim
2: well said
0: so there's been a lot of games being rerun at the moment on on various platforms lads are there any uh, any games that from your past that you'd, you'd want to be replayed that have absolutely been not
1: yet. absolutely not Andy Rowe no way Jose the uh, the final Saracens Clermont was run the other night there's no point me watching it because I only make an appearance on the 81st minute so um I didn't want to watch that but I tell you what I, th- I think when I'm looking for stuff to do and I'm quite busy and it is quite tedious at home with the kids but I did watch a rugby game at the weekend it was oh did you yeah hashtag always Edinburgh versus Glasgow I commentated on it but th- look you know, if there's a way that we, I can't go back through the archives and improve on my on field performances. I just can't do that. It'd be embarrassing to even look at the back. Goody tweeted the, the slip slash tackle slash ball rip that never happened on George North. Doesn't look great. I don't want to see them. So I'm listening to uh, back to some games in the archives. And off the back of that, I am trying to get better in the field that I am in, which is a media
2: mong mogul. And that's the thing, isn't it? Like, I've said it quite a few times on here. I look back at some games and I think, oh no, please don't put that one on. I was so shit, or whatever it was. And I, you know, I've retired now. I've been retired uh, coming up to four years, it is, um, which is a hugely long time. I think it's been a, at least one stone per year that I've put on post retirement. But I've always said that I look back on my career and the further I go into retirement the shitter i thought i was whereas jim's the other way around he's retiring and he he was like top 10 second rows in the world and all this stuff now you've seen the evidence jim you were you were shit weren't you you were as bad as i thought you were no there's some parts of it that weren't great and the ones that they're putting out there aren't great of me i don't
1: know why but (laughs) i need to have a think about what games i would like to see um i'm not too sure yet i'm not too sure but i'll tell you what i did enjoy what i tell you the best ruggers for me is still 97 the Lions mate, living with Lions. That for me is when Ruggers was Ruggers. And it should never Ruggers was Ruggers. I'm telling you now. Th- this is one thing and you could you could nod or you can shake your head or you can be in disbelief. If I played in the 70s, 80s and 90s, I would have been a four-time Lion that's
2: what i think might have happened. no no jim no sixties, 60s. 60s maybe when you could all, all you could do is punch mate easy i'll take that then yeah. thank you mate thank you i like your hair yeah thank you very much but yeah no one game for me um probably would be the first game at the rico arena uh wasps moving up to coventry um don't know that i've spoken about it before scored 33 points got man of the match you know just one of those things just happened you know kicked everything In fact, I missed one kick, I think.
1: Is that the one where you got the triple or not? What do they call it? So you got the try, the conversion, and the penalty. Oh, no, you need four. The quadruple. It's
2: it's called a full house, Jim. It's called a full Full house. house. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah, no, I didn't get a drop goal, uh, but I broke the premiership point scoring record, as we heard about last week on uh, our quiz. So, Humble, have you ever got the uh, full house or not? Yeah, mate, quite a few times. Genuine, yeah, have, yeah. You, have you? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have, James. All right. Yeah, of course, you have, yeah. Mate. I can't, I can't you remember
0: have. when, but I know I've got it. Well, there haven't been many games on this week, but uh, well, any games on this week, of course. But it has been there's still a bit of news floating around. The pay saga has uh, carried on since last week, and the latest is uh, uh, talking about clubs fuelling players. What are you guys' thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, look, it, having Freddie Burns on last week for me kind of changed my view a little bit on it. It's a real and it's a really unprecedented time that came, that name still keeps getting bandied about and I'm loving saying it but it is and we know now that more clubs are are going down that avenue you only have to look at Australian rugby you look at Newcastle the state they they're in in terms of finances and, and not paying their players and it's all the uncertainty so it was great to have freddie burns on last week and give a little Bit of a perspective on being a player, but also a player that's in a very different situation to Charlie Ewell's, the captain at Bath, who was happy to take a 25% pay cut. But I tell you what, having the RPA look at it now and, and kind of being that governing body that is kind of looking after the players, looking at it from the club's point of view, the players, and looking at all the finances, it's just the unknown at the minute. But I just think that someone needs to take a hold and see what's fair. Because if you're at a club and you're taking 25% and you're hearing that other clubs are offering 25% or being asked to take 25% they're not, there'd be an air of frustration. Um, you know, if you're at a club as well where you've been asked to take 50%, we don't know the conversations that are going on. You are like, hang on, well, they're only taking 25%. So I, I don't know. I think Goody mentioned that maybe there needs to be a kind of set figure it's easy for us to sit here and say oh yeah just deducting 25% of their salary like isn't nice isn't nice for anyone it's, it's awful um, you know but we are seeing like I mentioned the Kofskins and stuff like that they ain't getting any money now it's just it all depends how long it's going to go on for but we are hearing that it's not sustainable I'm hearing that if the season does not start again um, this year then there's clubs that are going under and the clubs will not be able to survive so they need to look at something
2: and I think that's the big thing really when you look at it you know, you've got players with frustration. Everyone wants all the money they've signed for, and you completely understand that from a player's perspective. But the reality of it is, and you know, I, I wrote in my column last week for Rugby Pass about the salary cap, the game has exploded into a bit of a financial issue where clubs can't afford what's going on, and this has brought it really into the limelight with the coronavirus, how clubs are teetering on the edge of potentially going bust if funds don't get paid for, through sponsors if uh, they're not getting any matchday revenue if players are demanding their full salaries and i think the reality of it is and I, you know i've spoken to a few people around the game clubs will just take 25 percent off the players and say to them further down the line we can look at it but to keep us alive right now that's what we have to do um, and there is the issue of furloughing players and you know you speak and you hear whispers around some clubs some clubs are furloughing players and it's obviously we know it's 2500 pounds uh, a month or eighty percent, whichever is lowest, of your salary. So it's a max two thousand five hundred pounds that the government are going to pay, and then clubs have a decision: do they want to top that up to seventy five percent of the salary? Do they want to just leave it there for some players? There's loads of conversations going on behind closed doors that you can see the player side of it, you can see the club side of it, and you can actually see from our perspective as as people in the media who can see how dangerous this is for the game as Jim mentioned the Australian uh, Rugby Union they're talking about losing 120 million or something like that if that's the case they're gone there won't be a game then so the reality of it is and the stark reality is that everyone has to have a bit of leniency here it's never nice to say a player needs to take a pay cut but as we said and I think I said it on the pod last week I said it in my column for Rugby Pass the game and the revenues haven't gone up in line with the wages and to to claw some of that back and, and retain clubs viability uh, is a key thing and and that's why players potentially have to take this 25% wage cap.
0: So do you think after all this uh, salaries will come down permanently?
2: Yeah I think the you know the salary cap has to be looked at it expanded and, and went up to seven million pounds here or there with uh, you know some add-ons and obviously marquee players etc but as we're seeing, and you know, I've mentioned it countless times, fifty million quid was lost collectively by the Premiership clubs last year, which isn't sustainable. And you're looking at a sustain, you want a sustainable model. Um, you know, you can't just rely and say, "Oh, we're going to get a big sponsor in," or the TV revenue will go through the roof. Because you look at all these companies now that are potentially in the sponsorship game. They're going to cut corners. They're going to cut money back from from their revenues and their expenditure. And the first thing they're going to look at is actually, do we need to sponsor that? What's the value that we're getting from sponsoring things? It is a luxury at times to sponsor uh, certain clubs or you know events, whatever it may be. And that's the first thing that companies are going to think. Actually, I don't want to spend that money on. So clubs have to be realistic. Um, You know, as Jim said, some may go to the wall. Some may, if this goes on for too long, they won't be here by the time we get back as a financial entity. They'll go bust, and then. Those players won't have, you know, a club. They won't have a job. They won't have a a stand on any of the the money that's owed to them contractually. So that's where we're at with an issue, and it is a massive balancing game. Uh, and for me, you know, looking at the bare facts of it, revenues haven't risen uh, in line with what the salaries have, and we've we've all said salaries have doubled over the last two, three, four years. So you know, you've seen a lot of players on a big, big money, and the game's not sustainable. The only way to redress that. Um, is perhaps to decrease the the salary cap back to about five and a half million quid um, and play less games because you can't have all of a sudden the same amount of games that the clubs are expected to play on a lower salary cap Um, because you're not going to be able to realistically fit a a squad of players in for that many games.
0: Well, we can have a chat now with a man who's definitely in the know when it comes to the situation regarding possible pay cuts and furloughing. The CEO of the Rugby Players Association, Damien Hopley, joins us. How are you, mate?
3: Uh, Good, thanks. Thank you uh, for having me on.
0: And hoppers,
1: we should say that this is a quiet time for a lot of people. I don't think it's that quiet for yourself and the RPA. Just talk us through the situation that's that's going on behind the scenes?
3: Well, Jim, the, the, the word unprecedented is being bandied around. It's fair to say we have been flat out for the last few weeks. And um, look, I think first, the first thing to say is we we all recognise that this is just the most crazy time. And um, what we've been trying to do is sort of make sense of all the issues around pay cuts, furloughing, all the different categories of players that are involved in the current situation. Uh, i guess economic freefall that's going on globally and uh there's been quite a lot of misinformation if if uh if i don't mind saying in, in terms of the media so we've been trying to uh just bring the players up to speed on the rights on what the what the issues are and how we can help them and and indeed just get them better informed as to the current uh the current environment that we're all suffering from across sport and every single business in the world.
2: Um, and Hoppers, just uh, as we go through this interview, I just encourage you not to use big words uh, that Jim Hamilton doesn't understand, um, such as unprecedented. So um, we might need to keep it as simple as possible for him. But uh, where, where are we right now with the players um, in terms of their pay? Uh, well, they're not playing because of the coronavirus. Is there a collective? Is it clubs individually? Is it players individually? Where, where, where do you sit with it all?
3: So if we if we turn back the clock, Goody, uh, 19th of March we had a players' board meeting. So there's a player representative at each of the clubs, and I have to say they have all been outstanding in terms of the sort of rapid response about how they're supporting uh, their own and uh, sharing information across the Premiership. So they've been brilliant. Um, so we had a players' board meeting on the 19th of March where Premiership Rugby were represented at that meeting, and and basically I think Gloucester at that point had been told they were taking pay cuts, and then the next. Sort of twelve clubs were, were informed of the situation in the next 24 hours. So uh, we've made no, uh, no 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 hiding the situation. We, we wish we had done it behind closed doors and had a collective approach, but that wasn't the situation. And again, whilst we understand the urgency to try and find a, a quick fix around this, we, we do believe that going forward, collective approaches are are how sport works best. If you look in football and cricket, the PFA and the PCA were involved directly. But the club sort of took the decision to make the pay cut. So we've sort of been playing catch-up ever since. I think the first thing to state, which is un- unequivocal, is no one wants to see any clubs go bust. And we all recognise the fantastic contribution that owners have made and we've all benefited from it um, over the years uh, into English club rugby. So the thought of clubs going bust on the back of this is is, a, is a catastrophic for the sport. But I do think what we've tried to do across the advice we've given to players is just to buy a bit more time here because... This coronavirus is not going away. This situation is not going away. So I'm buying a bit more time. I think some people have taken this as a personal slight against them by the players, which it is absolutely not. It's just saying, look, guys, let's reserve our rights. Let's buy some time. Let's have some positive dialogue. In that first nine days, we then we then introduced the issue of furloughing, which no one knew about, you know, and, until a week later. So we're all trying to get up to speed on that what that means for the clubs and again anything that brings money into the club environment when there is no discernible income has to be a good thing in terms of survival so a lot of it's been about education just trying to make sure the players are are fully up to speed on the situation and just trying to create positive dialogue because one of the key points we've made here and and players are accepting of cuts i think it's really important to, to reinforce that players it's not deferments it's not as they're talking about in other sports this is actually no we recognize there's no money coming in so they the, the players by and large are accepting of the cuts it's not particularly pleasant but we all recognize that everyone's got to play in their part so so that's sort of where it is at the moment and now we've got effectively 13 different uh vehicles through the clubs that we're working with the players are working with and and the bottom line is Goody, that at the end of this when rugby's back on everyone's got to start working together again so the last thing anyone wants to do now is burn bridges and get into all sorts of, you know, entrenched positions and and fights because that's not really how, it's not really going to serve anyone any purpose. So so despite some of the media reports about revolutions and players, you know, being up in arms, yeah, of course there's distress around this very uh, remarkable situation we're in. But to say that it's about revolution and turning against the clubs is just simply not true.
1: It's interesting as well because we had uh, Hoppers, we had Freddie Burns on last week and he had a completely different take on it from kind of my opinion of what I would have done if I was a player. Freddie being a player that's... Um probably very well paid, but he's out of contract at the end of the season. The likelihood is is that he's not going to stay at Bath. I think he was quite public when he said that. And then also he's probably not going to get paid um, by another club as it stands at the minute in the situation that we're in. So can you see, uh, heading up the RPA and the conversations that you've had, that all the clubs will come in line and I suppose it will be a kind of joint decision that 25%, which seems to be the, the going rate as it were, Gloucester setting the precedent there, Saracens, but we're also seeing other companies out with rugby using 25% as a good kind of benchmark. Do you think we'll get to a point in the next couple of weeks where we'll actually see that as the benchmark benchmark for all the teams?
3: I mean, it's it's a benchmark benchmark across rugby now, Jim. Uh, And and whilst Exeter weren't originally part of that plan, they then, on the Monday after the initial pay cuts we discussed, uh, fell into line. So that is happening across the premiership. And, uh, you know, Freddie's a really interesting category of player now because we've got the, I call them the bookends, we've got the guys at the start of their careers some of whom are on minimum wage and if they get stopped at 25%, they'll be below minimum wage. So there's an issue there immediately. You then got the likes of Freddie and various other players. And I mean, let's face it, the way the game is going, there's probably 10 players per club who are coming off contract this year. Now be that retirement or they're just, you know, that's a natural progression. So um, one of the discussions we're having with the league is, okay, yeah, how do we look after those players? And I'll give you a clue. There aren't many people recruiting at the moment in the current environment. So, that's the other sort of stark reality for those players coming off contract. So we're now entering into discussions with the league, with Premiership Rugby. We've got a conversation coming up later this week. And basically we've detailed all of the issues that are coming out of all the clubs around. And and probably the the biggest one now is when will, when will the league return? When will return to play happen? And, you know, we, we, no one can crystal ball that and no one can understand what that looks like. But when will players go back to full pay all, all these sorts of things and, and I know you had Darren on recently and he was talking about BT and how supportive they're being Um but obviously there's some big concerns you know if we can't conclude this season there are some massive financial holes that come with that so it, I think the, the, the interesting thing here is it's just such a fast moving environment you know and every day something new is being thrown up I mean you know, hopefully people are taking government advice, staying at home and, and doing all the all the right things there. But certainly, you know, if if the curve can be flattened, does that mean that we can get back to competitive sport, even if it's behind closed doors sooner rather than later? And I think we're all aligned in trying to just find the way through this for the sport in the note that you know, recognize that there's a far bigger problem with society at the moment. And we're just a small part of that.
2: Yeah, we certainly are, but obviously a lot of people um, care about the game and care about the the wages and the clubs staying afloat. But surely the solution depends on how long this goes on for. So the hardest part of it is the unknown, isn't it, really?
3: It really is, Goody. And and actually, you know, when you're sitting on phone calls and talking to players about a sizable chunk of income in it, and in some cases more than 25%, you know, it's a pretty grim conversation to be having. But some players have taken a really, uh, what I call sort of mature view and said you know if it means my club's being saved and I've got a job at the end of the year then I'm actually willing to do that and I think that's been the really positive thing about despite the initial shock and I guess you know without we are where we are in terms of how this is all dealt with but in terms of the initial shock to where we are now I think we've made some good progress but you know it really it really is a case of not of trying to understand when this will change and when we can get back to competitive rugby again and the players can get back out there because, you know, as you both know, they're, they're chomping at the bit to, to, to be applying their trade and, and, and playing rugby.
1: I'm sure they are hoppers and I need out the house ASAP, mate. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> um, but we, we we should chat. You mentioned BT then and I'm sure day to day, week to week, the situation with BT sport changes. I don't, I don't want to get into that, but I think naturally in the positions that we're all in, in the media and yourself in the RPA, you start looking towards uh, potential other pots of money and people that have invested in the game. So CVC, Gallagher Premiership as well. What kind of discussions are going on around these? We know that CVC are investing heavily in rugby and I imagine that the landscape's changed with them. But you, what else are Gallagher, uh, Gallagher, the main kind of title sponsor of the Premiership, saying about all this as well? Are they still looking to fund the rest of the season even if, even if it doesn't carry on? Well,
3: I've got a call with Gallagher coming up later this week but I think that Gallagher and a brilliant supporter of the Premiership you know they've really thrown themselves into it and I, I think you know in the absence of any concrete plans as to when, when this can all happen and it's just quite hard to say Jim because um, you know certainly and I, and I heard the conversation you had about CBC and, and, and potential investment there and you know the, the, the club owners themselves uh, all come from uh, substantial backgrounds but they're all losing a lot of money in their other businesses as well as rugby so I think at the moment it's, it's a case of and furloughing came at a very good time. I know there's a lot of football clubs who are getting admonished for it, but certainly from a rugby perspective, it came at a very good time to try and help the clubs out so I, I think there's there's a there's a really sort of macro issue here about is what does the future of the game look like? will there be some you know significant changes around the season structure, how you know the game is funded, broadcast media all of these things that were sort of in the offing just before this all came to pass so I, I my personal view is that there'll be some pretty seismic changes that happen in the sport in in the next 6 12 18 months on the back of all of this and you look globally at US rugby and chapter 11 and Australian rugby which is really in, in the doldrums at the moment and you sort of think you know perhaps this is the chance for the sport to possibly reset uh, I know we talk a lot about season structures, number of games, demands on our top players, all this sort of thing, and perhaps players at the other end of the scale not playing enough rugby. So is this the opportunity to sort of say, right, let's look at what 5, 10, 15 years could look like and come up with a structure that probably is more realistic to, to where rugby's at?
2: Yeah, and obviously looking at the future and more close to home, the Premiership. Um, you mentioned then about the financial situation going on at a lot of clubs and a lot of the owners. Um, we saw collectively they lost 50 million quid or there or thereabouts uh, last year financially as Premiership rugby clubs. Are you, there's been rumours, and I wrote something for Rugby Pass last week about the salary cap and potential. Uh, looking at that being reduced to keep clubs afloat and in business as an idea. Um, Where do you sit on that as the RPA?
3: Well, you know, ultimately you want the the players to earn as much as they can whilst they can. You know, careers are getting shorter by the season. The, The pressures on players, both physical and mental, are growing year on year. I mean, so clearly you want to optimise the players' income. Against that background, Goody, you know, as you well know, you want clubs to survive. And you want to have a vibrant premiership with 13, 12, 13, you know, 12 in and one out, whatever it looks like going forward. But, you know, you want to have um, clubs that are viable. And, uh, you know, we, we were part of the, um, the salary cap review. Uh, the, the, we were expert witnesses for the salary cap review around Saracens and, and what happened there. And and in no way sort of having a crack at, at Saracens, but saying, you know, the the, the the role of the salary cap is integral to the, competition integrity but also to the sport being viable and uh, you know I've no doubt that there are some people and certainly a number of players I've spoken to who suggest this might be an opportunity shall we say to uh, address some of the uh, ongoing commercial issues in the sport maybe that plays into the bigger picture piece I was just talking to but um so, you know from our perspective we want players to earn as much as they can whilst they can and uh, you know we just it's, it's amazing I, I saw one of your bits Jim online about 2019 and you forget we had one of one of if not the best rugby world cup last year in japan and just what what that did for the sport was amazing so you you just feel like we're on the cusp of something really really special and then this comes along so um i think it's about viability first and foremost and and that's always been i mean since we set up the players association 20 odd years ago you, you want players to have jobs that actually are um, are have commercial clout rather than them being back on the tube on a Monday morning because there are only six clubs who can actually compete in the premiership so uh, I think that has to be the 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 framework around which the
2: whole season operates. Mate, I'm on the Tube on a Monday morning going to work every day, so just join the masses. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Hardest working man in finance.
1: Of course. Um, Hoppers, I I think you made a really interesting uh, point there. And I, I saw Bill Sweeney's interview as well. And we've seen everything that's going over in Australia and there's talk of global season, all these things. As... The IPA has been running for a long time. It does amazing things for players and your voice is very important and it's often heard. What do you hope now going forward for rugby? I mean, the global season, that can happen. Like, we know that that can happen and it might have it might just fall into place. But what do you want?
3: Do you know, we, we, fun enough, we, we had a call this morning with the international rugby players. So that's the sort of collective of all the player associations around the world. We've got some great people on there. Adelina Driscoll's on our board. piloty pole down the Southern Hemisphere. Sharon Flahipan, who's been a brilliant doctor in Australian rugby for years and years. So it's a really good forum to sort of talk about what what does good look like and i think you always tend to look as as andy said you tend to look at the premiership and say what does that look like you know I've, and i've said this for years i just think we need to align the commercial and playing structures and if we get the playing structure right the commercial will follow and i do think this is an opportunity and for me it's probably you know what what do i want as a as a has been rugby player and someone who's been involved in the game a long time. It's about creating the safest environment for players to thrive in a viable competitions, whereby they can, you know, have successful and long careers. And, uh, you know, that's marrying both international and club demands up. And and that's why I just think this is, whilst it's a, you know, it's a, a catastrophic situation globally, okay well let's you know this crisis will throw up some opportunities so what are those opportunities and how do we get the right rugby and commercial brains to sit down around the table look at the player welfare piece because I mean there's all this nonsense talked about player welfare is the number one priority you know I'm sorry I've sat here for 20 years and we battled for that long so sometimes you know player welfare means oh we'll play another game and put some more money in the coffers well it's not really player welfare is it so What's the right welfare and commercial structures that will actually give us a sport that can really grow over the next 10 years, rather than one that seems to be band-aiding over a lot of the issues? and then hoppers
1: uh, look we need to ask you because there is a lot of talk out there we've seen what's happened with Newcastle as well and you know you're hearing whispers about different clubs that if the season doesn't start until you know a, a, if it doesn't start they've got until August until they're going into administration are there things in place if the season doesn't finish and as we know it's changing every week but I think we all need to be understanding and thinking that there's a big possibility that the season might not finish this year it just might not happen for whatever reason are there contingency plans in place is that being spoken about at the level?
0: Well,
3: the contingency plans are, I mean, in, in many ways, you want to try and conclude this season. I think for competition, integrity, for broadcast, for all of the things we've discussed, Jim, it's really important that we can try and, that we can conclude this season. And then that might have a knock-on effect as to when the next season starts, where the Six Nations completion may be, where the Autumn Internationals may be. So, it's rather like a ripple effect, isn't it? If you move something somewhere, it will have a knock-on effect throughout the rest of the season. But I guess the the, the, the concern is if this season doesn't complete and you know there are monies called back from broadcast sponsorship etc etc um that will have a catastrophic impact and that's one of the the key messages in in trying to paint the i guess you you try and be as positive as possible in our world but you've got to paint the the real picture and in talking to a number of club chief executives and owners who as you can imagine are pretty uh pretty emotional in the current environment you know there's a there's a very real concern that some clubs might not make it and that would be a disaster so I think that's the that's the challenge now is in the absence of any concrete return to play return to training return to full pay uh, return to turnstiles um, it's just quite hard at the moment to actually see where this uh, will all end up but you know if we're nothing else we're always optimistic to try and you know work through this and we've, we've talked a lot about the sort of collective piece, and, and uh, after what I would say it was, it was a pretty tricky start across all of this, we're, we're trying to make amends and move forward as, a, as an entire uh, game.
2: Yeah, mate, that's great to hear. Uh, and hopefully, uh, we'll get to the end of everything. We'll get to play the season and play it out for the rest of the year, and then eventually we'll get to an end of season awards dinner like we did a couple of years ago, Hoppers, and try and reenact our famous toilet moment.
3: Well, should we not talk about that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Damien, thank you very much for coming on the show, mate, and uh, best of luck navigating what's going to be a very busy and tricky time ahead.
3: Thanks for your time, guys. Thanks for your support, and, um, yeah, we'll hopefully catch up soon. Cheers, Thanks, hoppers, hoppers.
1: Cheers, mate. Thank you. Good bloke. Good
2: bloke. Yeah, good bloke. Good, bloke. good bloke. Very good bloke. Good bloke. He's done wonderful things for the players. To be fair, you know, um, sometimes the RPA get looked at, and people say, "Oh, they don't do enough," or they, you know, that they need to be a bigger voice. But they're funded directly from uh, the clubs, Premiership Rugby, and and the RFU. So they are they are in a very difficult position, but they do a fantastic job for the players, um, and being a voice of the players. And Hoppers has led that for twenty years. So uh, good on him for coming on. Goody, what happened in the toilet, mate? yeah hoppers didn't want to talk about it um it was you know we're just chatting away you know there's, there's maybe we'll let hoppers say it one day I don't think he will. But we should say as well, off the back of what you just said there as well, Goody, is,
1: you, you know, the, people always want more, don't they? But for me and my experiences with the RPA, but more looking at how they ha- help players. Uh, Fatia Loafers, obviously Michael, the recent one, um, Ed Jackson as well. There's an endless list of players, not just the ones that are glaringly obvious. Mental health's a big thing that they help with as well. And I think they do a fantastic job. I really, really do. And I think that if anyone can kind of migrate the, the clubs through this and and the players I think that Hoppers and his team can so it's great to get him on I think it's really important that we get to hear his voice because I'm hearing all sorts of whispers we've seen what's happened with Newcastle uh, there's talk of that they've got no money whatsoever and I think it's really important to get someone who is in the know he'll be bridging the gap between the players the coaches the overall clubs the governing bodies you know you mentioned BT Sport there the Gallagher Premiership and I think it's massive that you've got someone uh, that's looking after that
2: It's great and they actually do a lot of unseen work as well that some of the players know about um that they don't shout from the rooftops about themselves so uh yeah hoppers is doing a great job as you said jim um he gave me a lot of advice along the way good advice throughout my career that helped me um in times of of hardship so yeah the, the rpa are a great bunch of people they do great work and uh, long may that continue
1: Mate i nearly took a job with the rpa did
2: you nearly
1: yeah nearly until i came a media uh, mong, m- mogul mogul
0: there's been a few ideas of um, where rugby is going to go from this. Um, what do you guys make of the proposal from uh, Bernard Laporte and Bill Momond? They've been involved in an idea about scrapping the Champions Cup, uh, having a World Club Cup every year with six super rugby sides, four English, four French and four Pro 14 teams, uh, as well as teams from Japan and the USA.
1: Oh, mate, I'm a traditionalist, mate. I'd be gutted to see that. I absolutely love the Champions Cup. I love it. And I get that there's that you know there needs to be an evolution in what we're doing, and it was great having Hoppers talk about there's going to be changes and and listen to Bill Sweeney's um interview as well from the England RFU's point of view, and we all want to see rugby evolve i just I just don't think that that's the way forward. I really don't. I mean, I would like to say, you know, I, I think it's adding more games on and I, are the games going to get cut off this? Are we going to go? I'd like to see a global season. If you're asking me, that that's what I prefer. And again, I've pushed it a few times and it's not something as a player that I necessarily would have wanted, but I think as a spectator and watching uh, rugby in Scotland uh, uh, as well in the horrible conditions and, and taking JJ to rugby here when the conditions are poor, I'd actually like to see it in the summer. I really would. That's what I'd like to see come from this, but to change the format and to take the Champions Cup away and, and repackage it into something else. I'm just unsure. I'm not a massive fan of Super Rugby. Maybe that's why. But I do like some of the tries and stuff like that, but I don't think the product is the same as the Champions Cup. I think the Champions Cup is it's up there with the internationals it's up there with the Guinness Six Nations
2: I think I completely agree with Jim there the global calendar and the global season is perhaps the way to look at things about making change and aligning everything that way but I think the big issue with it's all very well Bernard Laporte Bernard the door uh, and Bill Beaumont coming out and saying these things but the reality of it is you've got compare it to football so The Champions League is the be-all and end-all, isn't it? Uh, And the Premier League, which which is where the most money is uh, driven through advertising, through uh, TV revenue, through sponsorship for the clubs. So you compare that to the World Club Cup in football. No one cares about it, do they? Does anyone care about that in football? Absolutely not. Liverpool were talking about sending the kids uh, at one point. Yes, they went and won it, but who cared about who Liverpool were playing in that competition um, in in football? So I think that would be the same thing for rugby. Um, You know, we're very tribal about our, our own sort of uh, teams that we support and our own competitions that we're involved in. And the big issue with it is you look at Super Rugby, so you look at Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, and you look at the the Guinness Pro 14, especially in Ireland, uh, Wales and Scotland, the unions run those clubs. So the the, the unions in New Zealand run the franchises, same in Australia, same in South Africa, same in Ireland, um, and it's all aligned to playing international rugby. The French and the English are owned separately to the RFU. They're owned by individual people, businessmen, um, or, you know, a collective bunch of people that own the club. So, you're talking about two completely different things and I just don't think it aligns. Um, You know, I I think it, again, it dilutes uh, what are some brilliant competitions by, you know, you get the Crusaders coming over against, and playing against exeter you know it'd be great in a one-off game but in a tournament where you're getting rid of the champions cup and the beauty of playing that i think it's completely ridiculous so uh don't agree with it um i do agree with looking at a global season uh and making that something where we're all aligned uh which will make life uh, a lot easier moving forward further down the track um but i think you definitely need your domestic competitions and the european champions cup is you know it's a brilliant competition having played in it and won it a few times it's it's something that every player enjoys and loves doing up here
0: well you guys seem to enjoy this last week So we're going to do another quarantine quiz this week Hell yeah It's a mixture of rugby and general knowledge And is the best of five uh, But we didn't come up with a forfeit for the loser last week So have you guys got any ideas, Jim, anything? I think the winner
2: overall can shave Andy Rowe's head How about that, Jim? I don't know if I'm up for that And his eyebrows
0: And my eyebrows
2: <laughs> With back's uh, razor was it Becks Razor last
1: week? Was it a razor, was it? Oh, I, I don't thought know. It was, it was, no, it was a weapon. I don't know. <laughs> What's the forfeit, lads? Why don't we? £100 a week. We could be in lockdown for a few months, so it could get quite expensive for yourself, Andrew. Um, £100 a week, donation to the NHS. So I'm on £100 now because I lost last week. You're on zero. Yeah. And it's up to you if you feel like donating, you can. I mean, if it gets out if it gets to... 40 grand or something by the end of all this (laughs) you might want to donate but yeah let's do that 100 quid a week I'm with you okay cool so I'm 100 quid in the pot so
0: far all right so first question best of five who has started more premiership games in the second row than anyone else Goody Goody what's the answer Stephen Borthwick that is correct thank you very much
1: thank you very much I mean, I did replace Steve Borthwick, If that gives me any bonus points or not? <laughs> no,
0: no bonus points for that. Jim, no, okay, well done. okay. Question number two: What is the capital of Zimbabwe? Goody. is it Harare? Harare,
1: Harare. No, he said. No, he said Harare. You can't. You can't say Harare. Harare, Harare. You know what I meant, Jim? Thank you that's very a, much. That's no, that's also a cricket question. I don't follow cricket, all right. So that's a bit harsh. It's geography, mate. Geography. Yeah, but yeah, cricket the same. You know, Zimbabwe and all that.
0: We were here last week. You were two two nil down at the start, and uh, it's it's time for a comeback now, Jim. Right, hit me. How many times did Jim captain Gloucester in the Premiership? Closest wins. Jim. Yes, Jim. What's the answer? Well,
1: Goody
2: can go first if he wants. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you said you said your name, so off you go, Jim.
2: I'm gonna go sixteen. 16 you captain gloucester you're saying you captain gloucester 16 times in the premiership right hold on in fact i'm going to change 18 18 i'm going to go yeah we'll allow that change how many uh, how many seasons did you captain gloucester for jim i'm not telling you I, i'm not i'm not telling you mate do, do it based on that really i'll go one less than i'll go 17
0: so the correct answer is 12 Oh, so that's oh, another win for Goody. That's 3-0.
1: Three, three <laughs> my word. Get in there. We'll, we'll play the last two, mate, just out of, you know, just the, the comfort of our seats and the, the, the millions of listeners can get into it. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can whitewash Jim now. Come on then. Go on then. Let's see.
0: Only one player has a higher win percentage as Gloucester skipper than Jim of those who captained them more than once in the Prem. Who is it? So only one player had
2: a better win percentage than Jim Hamilton who's captained the team more than once. Wow. Jim, I'm going to go James, Simpson, Daniel. It's incorrect, Jim. Oh, hold on then. Hold on then. So, uh, it's someone that hasn't captained it that much, and I'm going to go with Andy Hazel. Oh, I was going to go for him as well, next time round. It's also incorrect.
1: Oh, okay. Well, the answer is? C- can we get a hint, and then we can, might be able to get it.
2: Jim. Jim. Is it is it the commander, Nick Wood? It is no. not Nick Wood. It's a prop. Hold on. A prop at Gloucester. Scooty. Yes, Scudy. Tony Window. Oh. It is not Tony Window.
1: Is it Carlos Nieto? It is not. It's not. Well, I mean, who else, who else is there? Trevor Woodman. Phil, Phil Vickery. Vickery.
0: Phil Vickery. It is Phil Vickery. No, no, mate, oh, you can't. That's four nil. That's four
2: oh, that's 4-0. That's 4-0, Jim. Let's go for man, the one. I'm, Pants I'm down. If it's 5-0, it's a naked run. If, if it's 5-0, it's, if if
0: it's, it, no, it's, it's an extra 100. That's how confident I am of this one.
2: Okay, there you go.
0: The final question. Where in the world would you expect to find a car with the vehicle registration code V? Jim, yes, Jim, Venezuela. It <laughs> is not Venezuela. Iceland. You
1: can't keep your guessing. Do we get a bo- do we get a bonus question if Guy doesn't get it right? Vietnam. I've, I know. I've just just remembered Vatican. Jim, did you what? Google that?
2: He did, yeah. You were on your I phone. Did. Of course he did. That's, I, an, I extra did. That's <laughs> an extra hundred, <laughs> mate. he did.
1: Mate, honesty, mate. Honesty is the best policy. I've been
2: mugged here. Put a fifth question in so I can see if I can properly 5 nil him for an extra hundred quid.
0: And what year did Friends first air on TV? Jim, 94. Boom. Got it. Thank you very much, sir. Well done, Jim. You lost 4-1 or 5-0 <laughs> technically.
1: I got the most important one though, Andrew, which is Friends.
0: All right, shall we go on to uh, the new feature? Well, it's been around for a couple of weeks now. Jim will solve it. Well, off the back of the quiz, why not? Jim's will solve it,
1: or also known as Jim will solve it. So, Jim will solve it. As we know, I get a riddle, and because I'm so smart and a multilingual, I will solve it. Riddle me this, riddle me that. Peel <laughs> back. <laughs>
0: okay. Uh. When you need me, you throw me away, but when you're done with me, you bring me back. What am I? When you
1: need me, you throw me away, but when you're done with me, you bring me back. What am I? Um, am... Uh, back? <laughs> like, is they they that the answer, back? Is that no, it's one of the weapons, I think. Um, when you need me, you throw me away, but when you're done with me, you bring me back. What am I? A handbag
2: what is your missus throwing your handbags
1: at you it's not a handbag it could be anything really couldn't it so when you need me you throw me away when you're done with me you bring me back what am i i've got an idea got it a bat a bat a bat a baseball bat <laughs> no can't be why when you throw me No, when you need me, you throw me away. When you need me, you throw me away from your body. But when you're done with me, you bring me back to where it started. What am I? A baseball bat. (laughs) (laughs) Got
2: it. No? I think you're just making that up as you go along, Jim. Well, I mean, what kind of riddle is that? Hit me then. Go on then, Goody. So I'm thinking, so when you need me, you throw me away. So you throw a fishing line, don't you? And so it's got bait on the end of it or a spinner or something like that. So you need it. You throw it away into the water to catch the fish and then we're done with it, you bring it back. No chance. Goody, you're very,
0: very, very close. Really? It's an anchor. An anchor? An anchor for a boat. That's right, Goody, well done. Oh, oh yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Give him that one. Give him that <laughs> yes. one as well then,
2: yeah. 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 Well, I was close I was close then, wasn't I? Have I actually
1: solved one of these riddles? Yeah, you got Chicago, mate. Oh, mate, oh, I did. Yeah, I did. I did. So riddle me this, riddle
0: me that. <laughs> back. Right, shall we have a look at some rumours? Any rumours floating? Oh out there gosh, at the moment let's
2: with? please. No, there's none, mate. Everyone's closing down the. Uh, everyone's batting down the hatches. No one signing players anymore. But there are a, there are a few. I saw Hadley Parks, maybe t- to Kobe Steelers, mate. Why
1: is he going to go there? Cash money, mate come on mate he's got a Lions tour to go on next year come on son
2: yeah no I agree I, I can't see it but then could it be for post Lions tour 2021 might be just throwing that anchor out there see
1: apart from that I ain't got much Of you Jim no nope, I haven't got anything mate got nothing at all I haven't spoke to anyone I don't speak to anyone I hate my life what about you mate oh Greg I, I saw something last week that he was going to go to Pooh, decided not to then he did a gym Instead he was going, then not going, going, not going. The Japanese absolutely love the Willy Monster there, mate. They <laughs> the love Willy him. Monster. They love him, mate. So I could see him going to Japan, mate. Court hero. Grig, a.k.a. Darren. There we go.
2: What else you got? Goody, you've got a big one haven't you. Well, I don't know where he's going, but I'm hearing that Johnny May will not be at Leicester next year. Uh, I think we mentioned it on here before, but he's you know that there was an offer on the table, I think, which was significantly less than he's on now uh, with the current climate, with where he's at. In his career, with the value that Leicester have had, and uh, he's not happy with it, and I think his expectations are that he should get paid a lot more than he's currently on, uh, and not have to take a pay cut. But I'm hearing there's no Premiership clubs really that are that interested in him.
1: Oh, don't be horrible!
2: One of the best wingers in the world. Yeah, he's great for England. um, You know, have Leicester got value out of him? Don't know how important is a winger in terms of you know. Look at the Chris Ashton thing. He's just, you know, left sail uh, where he's trying to dictate how they play. Uh, There's more in it than that. There's more in it than that. Oh, exactly. So I think Johnny May, and I think wingers, uh, you know, while on the international stage are so important and deadly, I I think when clubs are trying to tighten their purse strings, I don't think a winger is the first thing you think of unless he's an absolute dominator. Like, you know, they've got Nandolo coming there next year. I think Johnny May's walking out that Leicester door
0: and won't be coming back. Well, we'll get into some social media questions shortly, but if you're on the lookout for some more great rugby content, check out our Superfans, Superfans subscription service at patreon.com. Jim and Goody answered some listeners' questions on there recently, and we thought we'd play you a quick clip of that now to give you a little taste of what's on offer. At Jones MC5, most memorable scrap in training. We've heard about Austin's one. We've heard about... Chick-a-doo, um, doo
1: I remember there was one between, well, there's a couple, Leicester again. Of course it was. So I remember Darren Garforth and Richard Cockrell. We were playing walking touch <laughs> before the warm-up had even started. And Cockers has gone through, walking like this really rapid walk, walking, you can imagine it was quite funny. Darren Garforth, a.k.a. Kofskin, has gone to touch him, missed him, clapped his hands, and has gone, I fucking touched you And Cockers turned around and said, you didn't touch me, to skin. We used to call him skin skin and the fact that he was shedding skin as well because he had psoriasis <laughs> next thing they're arguing I thought they're messing around because they were mates and Cox is like mate you didn't touch me mate, it, lads are still filtering out from training next thing they've grabbed each other and they've started headbutting each other <laughs> there's only one winner there literally Dad's got, headbutting each other does Cox Garthal. is like being held up like a rag doll Garf off me old skin no skin is headbutting the life out of him I'm thinking what is going on here so whenever I went through, I just stopped. Even if even if I'd, I hadn't been touched by a mile. Loads of scraps at Leicester. There were. Uh, we saw loads, but I, I didn't really get involved in many. You had one with Austin. Do you remember the one where um, we used to do 15 on 15? I don't know. Yeah, you'll definitely remember this. And Is this Jono and Alisana? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, it wasn't. Uh, Mudos, sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the Jono and Mudos one, yeah. Well,
2: I've got two then. So th- that one, so we're playing starting 15 against... Uh, the rest and obviously me, me and I'm, the rest. I'm in the starting 15 the rest are holding the bags and lewis moody was holding one of the bags he wasn't in the starting 15 he was probably either just not good enough or coming back from injury and alex tualanghi was on the wing he's made a breakthrough lewis has tried to reach for him with his bag didn't get anywhere near him alex tualanghi's jogging off to score the try lewis has dropped his bag thrown it on the floor ran after him as alex is going over the line not expecting to be tackled because he's made a clean break and he's jogging in. <laughs> he's just laughing, wouldn't he? Mm. High-pitched laugh, but Lewis goes and fucking creams him from behind. So he's blindsided him. Yeah, like the biggest Judas you've ever seen. Alex gets up. What the fuck you doing, Chief? Next thing you know, Jono walks over, grabs Lewis. Lewis, you fucking idiot. What are you doing? He's our best player at the minute, right? And Lewis is like, oh, fuck you. Bang, Jono just literally six inch punch KOs him. knocks him clean out lewis on the floor fucking counting sheep or whatever like fast asleep uh and it was just like oh, fucking leave him he'll be all right he'll get up carry on uh but one of my earliest memories at leicester so i was it was my first year there and i was at uni at loughborough university as well and it was towards the end of the season like the business end of the season and i wasn't really involved too much uh it was a thursday morning training session of course lads 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 at uni we would played on a wednesday for the uni gone out wednesday night i've rocked up rocked up at training thursday morning feeling a little dusty sunny day kneel back training bit of contact bit of this bit of that i'm thinking just need to get through training get through training go home get back into bed and recover because it was all about recovery from the night out no protein shakes No, <laughs> oh, no 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 uh anyway there's a bit of a contact session going on john wells the coach having a bit of a pop at Backy's, Mr. Tackle. Neil Back's Mr. Tackle. And what was what was Neil Back like when he missed a tackle? It was you. It was someone else's fault. It was always... So Backy's gone mad at Wellesley for telling him he's made a mistake in defence and Backy's like, I do not make mistakes in defence. It was someone else's fault. Trying to blame someone else, Wellesley's like, no, Backy, that's your fuck up. Next thing you know... Backy's throwing haymakers at John Wells, the coach. Scrap Jeez. him. I remember
1: that because Dino comes waddling out of the uh, the room with his file <laughs> Fax under his arm. File
2: of and he's got a bacon butty in the other hand and he's just eating. He's sent back he home. And Wells, he kicked the living daylights out of Backy. Backy, see you later. Go home, get in the car. He goes, I'll oh, get him my Z4 BMW anyway, boss. Walks off. Who's scrapping a coach? Mm. Like mental. Leicester, mate. Leicester was scrapsville.
0: There you go, just head to patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod if you like the sound of that and sign up to get loads of extra interviews and features for just a few quid a month. All right, let's have a look at some social media questions. Jack Brown says thoughts on Guy Thompson's sacking from Leicester. He's not been sacked. His contract's
2: not been renewed. He gets to the end of a contract. Uh, obviously, he signed a, a, a decent deal for him. He took a pay rise to go to Leicester from Wasps, um, from what Wasps are offering him. And then I don't think Leicester have seen the value for him either. Uh, and they're looking at the back row options. They've got some quality young players coming through. So, unfortunately for Guy Thompson at the minute, his age profile, he's been injured, he's got a neck injury. Leicester have said... They're not going to renew his contract. Um, that's business, unfortunately. So, for people to say he's been sacked uh, is a bit of um, is a bit of fake news. I can't believe they're not keeping him. Genuinely, I think he's on quite a bit of cash.
1: Still, he's been, it, look, out of Leicester, for me, he's been one of the best players in the pack. I can't believe they, I can't believe they're letting him go. Well, you look at the pack, though, you know, I know Calamaphoni's leaving. Talfu is in the back row now. What about him on that tic-tac or whatever it's called? My goodness, I was cringing. Anyway, go
2: on. <laughs> My word. But yeah, I, I think guy's age profile, what is he, 33 now? 32, 33? Um, he's had a neck injury. It's business, isn't it? And that's the way, unfortunately, that's the way the game is. So, you know, Leicester have made that decision. Tommy Raffel's coming through as well, um, who they rate very highly. So we shall see.
0: At the other clear, tweeted in, did you guys give up anything for Lent?
2: What is Lent?
0: Forty days, forty nights, Jim.
1: <laughs>
2: no, I did. What uh, exercise? I just, I just thought I'd
0: give it a go. Just give it up for Lent. Max Moore's three has tweeted in, Jim. Can you do your best Tiger King impression for us? A lot of people have said that I'd fit in well
1: with them characters. Give you, give my best Tiger King impression. It's all right if you marry your friend your colleague your brother or your sister it does not matter because here where we live which is south america i think south carolina it's not south america is it because that's argentina <laughs> the south of america you can do what you want they're rednecks hillbillies i'd actually fit in quite well there maybe not the brother or sister part but yeah you don't want to marry your brother or your sister
0: Right, we'll we'll finish things off with the good, the bad, and the ugly, which is brought to you by Sons again this week, isn't it, Goody?
2: Yeah, it is, and I can see Jim's lid on my screen here, and that is starting to work, isn't it, Jim? Mate, it is what it is, and look, I've got to be honest, there's
1: this craze going round, and there's a few influencers out there, myself and Beckham, um, and people are shaving their heads, people are shaving their heads, and I was so tempted, I saw Bex do it, and I thought, I can't. I can't do that because Sons have invested so much time and effort into me as being their modal, and if, hey, if it doesn't work and shave me out, what are we all here for? So I've refused to do it, (laughs) I've refused to do it, and um, it's coming. Thank you, Sons.
2: Yeah, I've been using the shampoo, the tablets, the vitamins, and the topical solution every day, uh, and it's working a treat. I haven't shaved mine off either, I'm just a bit worried about the front bit not growing back, but how good does that look these days? It looks great. I've been using the shampoo, which isn't poo.
1: Why is shampoo called shampoo? Has anyone ever thought that? Every time I wash my hair, I'm thinking to myself, why is shampoo called poo? So that's once a month. About. The sham, I get the sham, it's like a chamois, Clean, use the chamois,
0: Why poo? Tell me. Someone hit me up. Shampoo, here we go. Well, hair loss is an issue a lot of men don't talk about. But Sons are helping to change that and offering a solution. They have a range of pharmaceutically licensed and medically proven products for preventing hair loss. Their free online consultation with specialist physicians takes less than two minutes and delivery takes just a few days. They deliver results in 9 out of 10 men and all for a reasonable monthly cost with no hidden costs or charges. So give Boldness the boot and go to sons.co.uk and use the code RugbyPod10 to get your first month for just 10 quid. That's S-O-N-S.co.uk and the code is RugbyPod10 so go and check them out.
2: And for Jim, uh, why did shampoo get its name as shampoo? The word is derived from the Hindi word, champu, which means press. To shampoo, someone was to massage them. Shampooing was part of the Turkish bath ritual, and its meaning evolved to become part of the cleansing process. Let's just call it sham goo. Here we go. Shamigo, goo, Yeah, plenty of goo this week, even though there's no ruggers on. Uh, there's news everywhere, and we're going to start off with a couple of kiwis and a couple of boys that are rocking social media at the minute. Uh, Two legends of the game, Carlos Spencer and Christian Cullen, uh, doing the lockdown skills, reverse passing it from about 50 yards away or kicking it through the basketball hoop. Absolutely ridiculous from both of them, so check out their Instagram.
1: I put a tweet out there about the Carlos Spencer one, and I said that I wish Carlos was my dad or my mum, and then people are like, what do you mean, your mum? I was like, well, do you not get that? I I wouldn't mind if he was my mum or my dad. Like (laughs) I don't know.
2: I I don't think that that's that weird to put out there. I just want him to be my mom and my dad. You are a bit weird, Jim. But uh, that was pretty good. Uh, what else was good? Talking about online content, Ellis Genge, uh, not for his rugby because obviously there isn't any at the minute, but for his ability on FIFA and Jim, the competition that Rugby pass are running that you're voicing over for. Uh, he's been pretty impressive, hasn't he? Playing for Watford, just dominating.
1: Mate, I tell you now, who would have known? Well, we saw luke Cowan dickie is the number one call of duty aka cod player in england where he was for a while i don't even know what that means or what you get from that but yeah genji's very good there's a few actually adam hastings is good the thing is with genji is he's playing with watford now i ain't being horrible all right we supported cov city for a while goody i still do i don't i'm liverpool mate um till i die mate genji is absolutely i i, I think it was ashton hewitt who we beat, I think he was winning like 6-0 or 5-0. Mate, Genji is the one to watch. He's the baby rhino. Mate, the world is
2: his oyster. Mantinal. That is a misspent youth for Ellis Genji, but he's pretty good at FIFA. Um, What else was good? We ha- we always have to name one of my old clubs in the good. And we're going to name two of them this week. Uh, But first of all, we're going to name the first one, the team that I saved from relegation, Newcastle Falcons. They're back in the Premiership. They got promoted last week. That was announced by the RFU. So good news for them uh what else was good sale and exeter uh they've both been invited to play in the women's Tyrrells premier 15s league for the next three years so uh a massive tip of the slipper to them for that what else was good new zealand rugby handed out 1.25 million dollars to the five franchises to try and keep them alive uh at, at this time so pretty good stuff from them uh what else was good another one of my old teams can i mention them i say old teams i didn't quite get to play for them because I had to retire, but London Irish, uh, they've committed to delivering over a hundred thousand meals to NHS staff, and Blair Cowan and other players have been out delivering over five hundred a day so far. So excellent work from them. Uh, keep that up, boys. Uh, that's very impressive. What else is good? Ryan Jones, he ran a marathon in his garden. How's he done that? But just. Go and touch the fence, run back, put his trainers on, touch the fence, run back. Just keep going. Anyway, it took him four hours and 43 minutes, and he's raised over £7,000 for the NHS, uh, which is absolutely fantastic. Another mention in the good. we're going left field. I've had messages about this all season. Stroud Rugby Club. They're unbeaten, and they got promoted. So a shout out to the Stroud Rugby boys. Uh, But finally, the good this week goes to an individual, a very impressive individual. Maxime Mbanda, the Italy and Zebra back rower, uh, volunteered for Italy's Yellow Cross charity, driving patients with coronavirus to hospitals and medical centres. So uh, some outstanding work. The rugby community is getting behind a lot of initiatives, uh, but he's right at the forefront of it in Italy. So uh, awesome work from Maxime Mbanda. The bad, uh, plenty of bad, actually. Uh, We're going to start off in New Zealand, Andy Rowe. Oh, no. The bloody Crusaders players, all training together. I say all. There's about 10 of them training together in the park. Um, not Really? F- following, Not following the lockdown guidelines, not following social distancing. Um, and the Crusaders have had to come out and apologize. It's just ridiculous. Just follow what the government says in each individual country. Um, so they get a rap on the knuckles for that. Uh, what else is bad? USA Rugby filed for bankruptcy. Yeah, I think they've been struggling financially for for quite some time but the coronavirus has really been the straw that broke the camel's back Jim I get it Um, what else was bad, Australian rugby as well in a hell of a mess and Raylene Castle uh, could go as CEO, Um, she's It's been pretty tougher, actually. The whole Israel Falau saga that she was part of, they lost $10 million last year, uh, and they're predicting losing $120 million uh, if the season doesn't start up and play through. Um, So they could be in a bit of trouble. And there's a bit of a coup for her job. People want her out, and they want Phil Cairns in there, the commentator for Sky. So watch this space. Well, that doesn't fully get the bad this week. The bad goes to Semi kunatani. He's one of my favourite players, Semi is. Semi Kunatani, one of my favourite players, but he's been arrested in Fiji for breaking the self-isolation rules. He returned to Fiji and was supposed to self-isolate for 14 days. So, um, real shame, Semi kunatani. Stay at home, son. Me or Semi. Take your Semi home. Have a Semi at home. And stay at home, Semi. So the bad this week goes to one of my favourite players, Semi Uh And the ugly. Wow. the ugly. There isn't too much ugly, but there is one thing that could turn out to be quite ugly. And I shouldn't probably joke about it with the financial situation that's going on, but it can't be a good look. There's some championship rugby players that have been putting pictures of their pieces on OnlyFans websites and making money out of it. Where? where, where Where's this? It's, well, It was a website called OnlyFans, I think. Um, OnlyFans? Yeah, and there's some... Back, um, download p-
1: OnlyFans! <laughs> OnlyFans! <laughs>
2: <laughs> now! I'm on it yeah so uh, a few of the championship rugby boys apparently have been selling pictures of their private parts for money and it's not what we should see from rugby players really posting oh no no sorry yeah it's really bad we shouldn't see that we shouldn't see that Beck so uh delete it banana (laughs) banana that's code that's code in our house for not do it don't do it there we go. So uh, the ugly this week goes to those championship rugby players that have been on OnlyFans' website, posting pictures of themselves to make money of their private parts. And I bet you there wasn't a bush in sight, Jim. I'll tell you what, I won't
1: be doing that, I'll be honest. At the lo- especially at this lockdown moment. I th- actually, how much are they getting?
0: <laughs> Shall I post your picture, Jim? I could just bring it no, up. No, please don't, on mate. There. Please oh, okay. don't.
1: Okay. We'll go viral.
0: Thanks, Goody. And you've got a couple of shout-outs to finish off with, haven't you, Jim? Yeah, we
1: have Andy Rowe and it's a sad one. Uh, We've got a a big shout out to Howie because Tommy Brooks, who's one of his best mates, has been in touch and says that Howie sadly lost his dad, Pete, to cancer at the weekend. So he wants to reach out, put an arm around him, his oldest mate, but obviously he can't do that at the minute with all the social distancing and the isolation that we're in at the minute. So big shout out. Pete was a, a huge rugby fan, a true champion of the core values of rugby and a committed Cherry and White's fan spending many a Saturday afternoon with Howie cheering on from the shed. But most importantly, he was a great man and Howie embodies everything that Pete stood for. He says he knows Howie will be listening and that all the lads are thinking of him and his family at this difficult time. And he says they're sure to give his old man a proper send-off once this is all over
2: so big shout out to you and we're thinking of you all yeah shout out howie uh i've got a couple as well uh first one and they probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast but it's uh the lincoln under 14s and under 15s lincoln rugby club uh the players have decided to shave their heads in the aim of raising money for the nhs um their website is uk.virgin.com MoneyGiving.com forward slash L-R-F-C-U numbers one four one five. So big shout out to the Lincoln Rugby under 14s and 15s raising some money for that. Uh, And also the Dursley Stags are taking part in a sponsored head shave to raise money for the NHS as well. Um, They've got teammates, club, family and friends who are all working for the NHS. They want to try and raise as much money as possible. Uh, So big shout out to them. Their website where you can go and donate is JustGiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash Josh dash Bailey 5 so a uh, big shout out to the Dursley RFC boys and the Lincoln under 14s and under 15s for shaving their heads and raising money for our beloved NHS
0: thanks Gertie thanks Jim thank you very much for listening as well we really appreciate everyone who subscribes follows us on Twitter and checks out our Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the rugby
1: pop. pod 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 pod